Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again joined by John and Garrett. Fellas. How we doing? I don't know. How are we doing? Beat them to it. Decent. Jump the gun there, dude. <laughs> you know, I'm just excited. I'm excited to talk about this film. Why are you excited about talking about the worst, quote unquote, worst movies of these franchises that we're doing all month? Because you got to you got to be positive, Peak man. It'll energy. break you. <laughs> <laughs> I always bring the best to this podcast. Okay. Okay. Well, if this is your Someone's best, I don't want to see you at your worst. Ouch. <laughs> Burn, as the kids say. Well, what have you guys been up to since last time? About to stab a motherfucker. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. I actually watched a horror movie. What? No. I know. It's wild. Uh, I learned about this as I was browsing the internet. Did you know there is a Pet Cemetery 2? Yes. Or Dos in yes, Spanish. I've never seen it. It's so bad, That's y'all. What I heard. It is painful the to watch. The cat buries the people and they come back. Oh, that are... sounds good. <laughs> I'm into that. It starts with a dog. Oh, you would hate it. One, tons of animal cruelty, unnecessary. And if they, it's like if someone explained Pet Cemetery to somebody and was like, yeah, I get the gist. And then they are like, all right, make a sequel out of that. Um, and then they made this movie and it was also definitely direct to video. So it had a budget of like $7. Was it really? Yeah. Hmm. It was so bad. I just don't, everyone listening, do not watch this movie. Sometimes dead is better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got to ask, did you plan that or was that actually no, just, okay. Off the dome. Well done, sir. As well listeners done. to this podcast can probably tell, I don't plan anything that comes out of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> yeah, unfiltered straight from the tap. Yeah. Well, okay. Good on you for watching a bad sequel to a Stephen King movie that he didn't write. Yeah. He had his, I did the one piece of research I did know is, uh, he had his name taken off of this movie <laughs> before it released. Uh, he also did that with lawnmower man. And then they like, they kept advertising it as oh. Stephen King's and they basically like flat out were like, we will sue you every day, like $10,000 every, or like some like yeah. crazy amount of money every day that you do not take this off. And so they took it off at that point. And then when they put it on video, they put his name back on it again Jeez. just to sell stuff because it was just like, it was so bad otherwise. Well, this movie, I guess, did not go down that route, but oh, anyway. <laughs> I watched the movie as well. Uh-oh. I watched Gate 2. How's Gate 2? It's bad. Okay. It's not very good at all. In fact, I gave it a 1.5 stars on Letterboxd. Whoa. It has no Glenn. It's all about Terry. Terry's no yeah. longer. He's not. He's not the same Terry. I know. I know. I've seen the gate too. It's bad. Okay. And uh, he goes to the house and he decides he's going to reopen the gate because his dad's an alcoholic and he wants a job. He wants his dad to have his job back. And the gate's going to help with that? Yeah, it's what he decided is going to work. So he goes and sets up some blue lasers in a circle, and he sits there, and then these other teens bust in and interrupt his seance or whatever the fuck he's doing. (laughs) And they summon one of the tiny minion guys, just Mm -hmm. one. That's all they could afford. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Who takes his dad's job immediately. (laughs) They took our jobs. (laughs) I wish, dude. That would be such a better film than this. No, apparently these minions are like lamps. Genie lamps, because he decides to start wishing for shit. Because he oh. rub the little dude. <laughs> he can <laughs> rub his belly. They don't do. But the girl of one of the the teens that interrupted uh, Terry wanted a car, so they start driving around in a red Corvette. The problem is, is that after a little while, whatever you wish for turns to shit. 
Literal shit. Oh, my God. So there's just a honking pile of shit in the driveway that has, like, headlights on it. And they're like, what happened to the car? Wow. This is, uh, wow, okay. Oh, yeah. So anyway, Terry did wish for his dad to get his job back. He did get his job back and then had a horrible accident and ends up in the hospital because these wishes are bad. Of course. Monkey paw. Yeah, exactly. So... Um, Don't bring monkeys into this. (laughs) Or their paws. (laughs) Don't watch it. You can. It's on Amazon Prime if you really want to. I remember... I knew it was on something that I had because I remember seeing it being shoved down my throat because it's like, you'll probably like this. And it's like, stop recommending shit movies. Uh, And then I go watch... Stop watching shit movies. I think the thing really is, is just it's boring. You know, Terry doesn't... He's he's a much better actor in movie one than he went through... um, adolescence or whatever you know yeah voice dropped and all of a sudden i think he lost his acting chops <laughs> um but otherwise yeah it's just a slowly paced boring movie with not a lot going on does he go by terrence now since he's grown up he does actually Get out for real. <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> jesus he does he's terrence now uh, goes by t-bone <laughs> it's a street name anyway avoid it i do like the covers uh tagline it says the only thing that's more terrifying than the first visit the second Whoa, they really pounded that out in uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> They're talking about Pottery Barn. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, Garrett, what have you been up to? Not watching garbage movies. I actually haven't watched anything. I'm going to go see The Color of whatever, the stupid... The Color of Cage. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, <laughs> that Nicolas Cage Lovecraft movie. Oh, the co- not The Color Purple, but it is no, about The Color Purple. It's like The Color of... Madness. Color Out of Shape. I think. Yes. Let's just keep making up our own the color yeah, of color names. out of shape. That sounds about right. Sure. We talked about this oh, before. Color out of space. Color oh, out of space. So close. So close. Just fucking nouns and adjectives everywhere. <laughs> we like to make up the titles and names here on this podcast. Yeah, we listeners. Uh, now, not only are we forgetting character names now, we're forgetting movie names. We're so good luck. Everything. <laughs> Look, it's all garbage. Okay. Well, one name Garrett you should know and not forget is Richard Stanley. You know who Richard Stanley is? I am familiar. Dick, he's, Dick Stanley. He's apparently out of directing Purgatory after directing or getting fired from that terrible movie with. Um, it's called Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. With oh, Marlon Brando. If you haven't seen that documentary. I have not. Dude. I've seen the movie. Okay. Watch the documentary. Okay. It is fucking bananas. <laughs> like no shit. Like they had to get Feruza Balk from the airport. She was trying to leave. <laughs> Um, like he snuck back onto the set dressed as one of the, uh, animal people just to watch the movie after he'd been kicked off the set. Um, dude, it's fucking bonkers. Like no shit. What it's called like lost souls. Something. The, the tale of Richard Stanley's Island, Dr. Moreau. The great thing about the internet is I can tell you what it's called. It's called lost soul. The damn, the doom journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. All right. Quite the title. Yeah. It's quite, quite wordy. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of nouns and adjectives. It's it's fantastic. It's so engrossing. You're just like, did this really happen? (laughs) And it's like, yeah. And, um, Brando just took the job so he could go travel and hang out like wherever they were filming. I respect that. And nobody took it seriously. (laughs) And yeah, it was just a mess. Well, that the world's tiniest man that's in it. Like he brought that dude on set. Brando did. And it was like, this guy needs lines. He needs to be a major part of this movie. And they had to write this dude in or else Brando was like, I'm out if you don't fucking give this dude a huge part. And they did. And like, there's other characters like that were supposed to have lines and Brando would be like, no, these go to this person now. Like it was, it's fucking, oh, it's so crazy. Okay. So Richard Stanley has been acting, you know, 
since since then, uh, but this feels like a return to the big budget options. You know, I don't feel like he's done anything as big as this one's going to be. The sublet of Dr. Moreau. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm interested. So let us know what you think about that one, Garrett. What's, um, what's, is that his, the color, the shape of color? Yeah, he directed okay. Col- Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. God <laughs> damn it. We're going to talk about a movie. And I'm going to mess up all these names today. And that's a okay. But we're back with episode two of Worst in Show. Is that right? This is going to be number two. It is now. <laughs> sure, it's number or two. Three. Actually, this was number three. Okay. W- welcome back to episode three of Worst in Show. Uh, if you're familiar and listen to the first Names, one. titles, numbers. <laughs> we don't know nothing here. <laughs> we don't want to either. Keep your information to yourself. <laughs> We're watching the worst rated movies of the big franchises, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. We are doing Halloween 6 Right. The curse of Michael Myers. I just like to call it Michael yeah. Six. That's what I wrote in my notes, Michael Six. <laughs> uh, but this movie is a curse uh, on anyone who watches it, and an hour and 40 minutes of their time. Actually, an hour and 27 minutes. Oh, well, it feels like we, an we hour. Did, we did a theatrical cut, and that's actually very important. So any of you listening yes. out there, if you're going to follow along with us, we did the theatrical cut of this because that's the one that was rated. Now, there is a producer's cut, which has some positives and some negatives to it, and we'll get to those as we like go through the script, but um, we did the theatrical. This VHS says it's 88 minutes long. Well, it felt like a million minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> this one's directed by Joe Chappelle. This one stars Donald Pleasance looking his worst. Don't say that. He's old, man. I think Donald Pleasance looks good for his age. As someone who's going to look like Donald Pleasance (laughs) when I get old, I want to say, Donald Pleasance, you look just appropriate. I was not trying to insult poor Donald Pleasance. I love the man just as bad as anybody, but it was clear he might have been on his way out. In fact, he died before this movie released. Yeah, the most offensive thing in this movie is that it's in his memory. (laughs) (laughs) Give him a good movie, yo. Go back and re-edit fucking Halloween and make that in his memory because this one was... Ugh. They did remake Halloween. Yeah, but not in his memory. This movie also stars Paul Rudd. This came out the same year as Clueless, so he had uh, two movies this year. This is actually Big his year. first movie, though. He did this before Clueless. Marianne Hagen is Kara Strode. Mitchell Ryan is Dr. Wynn. Kim Darby as Deborah Strode. Bradford English is John Strode. Keith Bogart as Tim Strode. Mariah O'Brien as Beth. Leo Getter as Barry Sims and J.C. Brandy as Jamie Lloyd. Okay, Barry Sims is my favorite character from this movie. This guy is, is he the garbage. Dad? No, he Barry Sims is the radio host. Oh. He is a garbage human, and his lines baffle me. The 90s really loved putting shock jocks into their movies, oh so my. I'm going to blame Howard Stern for that. Oh, my God. His little weird fucking wannabe John Waters mustache. It was terrible. It was, oh, I got so much to say about Barry Sims and his show. And the other thing I didn't know is that there were so many Strodes. I, I didn't know that there was a whole Strode clan out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Strodes are like the, the the Mads Mikkelsen's family and the fucking Baldwins. And yeah. And they own this town, apparently. <laughs> Every Strode lives in uh, Haddonsfield. Strodes for as far as the eye can see. <laughs> so this one's sitting at a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 34 critics. Off the top of your head, is this the lowest movie we've ever done? I think so. 6% is really low. I almost thought it was Jason Takes Manhattan, but that's at 8%. <laughs> and I was like, this might be the lowest. Yeah, this may be bottom of the barrel. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> hey, nerdy listeners, go out there and do the fucking research for us and find out if this is the worst movie it's we've ever watched. gotta be. 37% with the audience out of 68,043. Here's what the back... <laughs> love, those no- love those numbers. <laughs> Here's what the back of the VHS has to say about Halloween 6, a.k.a. Michael 6. A.k.a. The Curse of Michael Myers. 
AKA man in the William Shatner mask number six. Ooh. AKA every franchise has its thorn. Oh, every franchise has its thorn. <laughs> For pulse-pounding suspense and relentless... Re, redo. Nailed it. Sometimes these are just worded so stupidly. They are. never speak this way. <laughs> it's because nobody has ever read them. Sometimes <laughs> these are just worded stupidly. That's a t-shirt right there. It's the back of a VHS box that just says Mark. Sometimes <laughs> these are just worded stupidly. Oh, my God. I love this so bad. That'd be a good shirt. It <laughs> would be. Oh, my gosh. For pulse-pounding suspense and relentless thrills, nothing can match Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, the newest and most frightening chapter in the chilling Halloween series. In a single horrifying night, Michael Myers' masked reign of terror changed Halloween forever. Now, six years after he was presumed dead in a fire, Myers has returned to kill again, and this time there is no escape. As the homicidal fury builds to a spine-tingling climax, that's what I'm talking about. Nobody speaks like that in day-to-day. -day. My spine-tingling spine <laughs> climax. The long-hidden secrets of the screen's most maniacal murderer are revealed with shocking results. <gasps> I need to listeners, if your spine is actually tingling, please go see a doctor. I don't think that's a normal <laughs> state that spines are supposed to be in. Or you, tell us what you're on. Yeah. You may have a spinal injury that needs immediate <laughs> attention. Well, this one came out in 1995, if we didn't mention that. And if you want to know what else happened in 1995, O.J. Simpson got a not guilty verdict this year. And it's directly responsible for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Toy Story came out this year. TLC's Waterfalls was a big hit this year. It was an important milestone for me because I it? stopped. Yeah, well, before that, I was big on chasing waterfalls. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, don't. Good thing you listened to uh, the lyrics of that song. Right to the heart. Okay. This was a while ago. That's that's my point. Yes. And this one definitely feels like a 90s movie. Oh, it's like a time capsule of the mid-90s. The sets alone... Oh, man, the, the fashion, yes. The writing, yes. But then the sets, like all the locations, I was like, this is beyond 90s. <laughs> and this is one year before Scream, too. Yeah. Uh, and I think Scream did the world a favor by, uh, if this is this is the, the quality of slasher movies that were happening in 1995, Scream did the world a favor by putting the kibosh on that bullshit and forcing them to, to take a pause. When was the next one? Was that H2O? Was that is that the one that precedes this or is it resurrection? Um H2O is after this, I think. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean it took a, quite a break. Uh now of course Scream has its own flaws like making all the knockoff Scream movies. Scary movies. The thing is Scream didn't stop all these garbage films from happening. It just basically overshadowed all the garbage films that were getting made in horror. Yeah. We still had a lot of shitty 90s horror that was being made. But not slashers. They all switched to other things. Um, yeah, or all... scream knockoffs, like I know yeah. you did last summer. Yeah, everything had to have its own kind of wink and nod to what it was doing. It's yeah. like, hey, we're cool I know what like you did that last too. summer. Is that the one with the douchebag with the fucking like raincoat. fisherman's raincoat and the hook? Yeah. That's him. Oh, I was furious when I saw that trailer. I was like, we have given up. Like, this does not count. Like, if, if anybody who like did costume on this movie should just quit their job. <laughs> I was so mad about this. I was like, this is not even worth it. They were like, look, the Scream guys just took some shit out of a fucking costume shop. So let's do the same thing. Tony Stark made this in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Halloween franchise is okay. 
you know, as a whole, I do like one, three and 2018 quite a bit, but the rest of them in between, I don't really have a familiarity with. I've seen them, but I've mostly forgotten them. Yeah. So when, you what know, talking about scream Halloween, Halloween. Okay. Yeah, so Halloween. So when rotten tomatoes or this is claimed to be the worst of them, I don't think that's true. I feel like I didn't like four or five. I hated four or five more than I hate this one. That's what okay. I'm trying to say. Well, you guys feel about this. Is this the worst Halloween that you've seen? Well, I think it's, I don't know very much about Halloween. I've probably seen the least, I definitely have seen the least Halloween movies out of any of the major franchises. I think it's the only one I haven't seen all of them on. Like I don't see or or haven't seen or have completely 100% forgotten four or five if I ever did see them. I could really only remember one, three, Rob Zombie in 2018. Oh, and Buster Rhymes. Uh, that's it. That's my knowledge of Halloween. Not not Buster Rhymes and Halloween. Just Buster Rhymes. In yeah, general. just in general. Yeah. No, he kung fu's Michael Myers. I remember that in a fiery building. I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I don't feel like this was the worst because I feel like this movie tried. <laughs> so it did not try. It did try. <laughs> it tried to have a cohesive storyline that tied into like everything we've seen so far. But my At one point, God, the way they executed, I'm like, this is beyond convoluted. They can't. I mean, if trying is at one point, they can't figure out how to get their characters from one place to another. So they just fade to black and then your characters magically show up where you need them to be. If that's try, quote look, unquote. Michael Myers has got a fast pass. Okay. <laughs> this, look, I, I would accept if it were the slasher villains, but these are just the two people. It's. Paul Rudd and fucking... This town is like 37 square feet big, okay? Uh, you can I, get to where you need to go. But I will say, like, of the movies we've seen so far for The Worst in Show, a lot of them are just crazy. Like, it's like, how did they film this? How did they write this? Um, see Jason 8, for example. But this one, I just was bored. I was like, oh. Like, I wish it were a little more bad so it would fall into so bad it's good. But it's just land squarely into it's just like oh this is boring there wasn't even enough kills to like make it like oh damn and every time they did kill somebody they did this very 90s music video-esque like epileptic seizure cutting so you didn't even really get a kill well they only did that on like two of the kills Yeah, but there's only like five kills <laughs> i need to kind of put this in context of 1995 kind of bring it back to when like you know this came out paul rudd was not a known quantifier true yet so the fact that I was mostly surprised and just watching to see what Paul Rudd does changes your opinion in 2018 of this film or 20, what year is it? 2020, 2020. <laughs> of this film. You know what I mean? Back in 1995, it wasn't like, Hey, look, it's Paul Rudd. Huh? That's yeah. kind of cool. Let's watch Paul Rudd. That adds enjoyment to the film that didn't exist in 1995. True. If I had seen this in 1995, I would have been like, boy, that Paul Rudd guy's going nowhere fast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you saw Clueless, he's like, that's that dude from Halloween 6. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, you're much better at comedy. <laughs> I actually thought Paul Rudd did a really good job in this. I thought he played Tommy like, well, there, there was parts where Paul Rudd becomes Paul Rudd. But like overall, I thought his portrayal of Tommy as an adult, like messed up as he was, like he did that really well. And I, I kind of like seeing Paul Rudd not as a smarmy little smart ass. And that's not like a negative. I'm not talking shit, but you know, usually he's kind of like witty kind of like goofy yeah, kind of like he was he not like that in this movie. I don't have a problem with any of the performances other than, you know, like Barry or, you know, but that was their character choice. It wasn't the acting so much. You know what I mean? I feel like when Dr. Wynn's the only one I had a problem with because it, he was just like, he didn't seem like he was trying. And so he like revealed certain information. It was just like, 
ah, uh, yes, I'm such and such. And you're like, dude, a little effort. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? true. And he wasn't really on screen that much. Like he, no, maybe. but that's the thing is when he actually like reveals what happens at the end, like yeah. he should have been like, he should have sold it a little bit more because it would just seem kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, this is a thing. And it's like, dude, this needs to be impactful. Do you know who did sell it though? It was Bradford English. That would be Daddy Strode. That dude was a fucking oh. asshole from moment one on the screen. And I was so, I was just like, I really like this asshole. He's well, so weird. Introduce his character by him chopping down a sign that he could have very easily just picked up. I don't understand why he was chopping at it with an axe. We should get in the plot because I have uh, a lot of things to talk about. But I agree. He fu- home run on that dude. He was, uh, he did a great job playing a shit character. Let's talk about Haddonfield for a minute. Uh, hey, Footloose. The city of? <laughs> yes, the city of. Okay. It seems it's a it does seem very small. And if you watch the previous like Halloween's, it seems like it seems like it should take Reno's like title as the biggest little city in the world because <laughs> there is so much stuff in Haddonfield, but everything feels like it's like five blocks away from each other. Yeah, it's like the Simpsons where the town has everything. You It's got a sanitarium. It's got a nuclear power plant. It's got a college. It's got a suburb like 10,000 people live here, but also only like 100. There's also every, farm stuff close yeah, by like this town is uh, definitely what an uh, imaginary 90s town. It's a back lot is but what you it know is. what's weird, though. Like you never feel like it doesn't work. Like there's mm. never a point where like I was like, oh, wait a minute. This doesn't exist here. Like it always felt like it was there. The problem I had is like everyone gets to places too quick. Yeah, there's no travel time. Like if there was any kind of like, whew, had to run a little ways, you know, like that'd be one thing. I really like Haddonfield. I think that it actually is like this perfect little picturesque place. The only problem I had in this one, though, is when they buy the house, the Strodes buy the house, there's a rusted car on the front lawn. As one does. Yeah. And I'm like, they would have, they would have moved this. This neighborhood is too nice to have rusted vehicles, like just decaying away on the front yard. It was in the executed contract. Yeah. Get it as is with rusted car. That's it. It's got to be in the, it's got to be listed though, but uh, for sure. So this one starts off with a woman on a table, right? Yeah. And some sort of weird cultish iconography everywhere. And it leads to my very first question. Am I supposed to know who this woman is? Yes. Uh, Part five. Okay. Well, I never saw part the, five. The so. opening when <laughs> she's basically being kidnapped and on the uh, the gurney and stuff like that, those flashback little flashes and stuff like that is from the end of part five where you realize she's been kidnapped. Jamie has been kidnapped. And this is Laurie Strode's daughter? Uh, yes. Wait. Yeah, who's Jamie's? She's the niece of Michael Myers. So whatever the okay. the, the lineage there is, um, she's the niece of Michael Myers. So yeah, Lori Strode's daughter would work because okay. your niece is your sibling's child. Sure, cool. <laughs> we know family stuff on this podcast. So we we basically see Jamie um, being trucked down this. This looked like an abandoned pipe hospital. I say pipe hospital because there was pipes all along the walls and yeah. this like underground corridor. And then they get into like an Egyptian tomb. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and then I wrote, there's a cult now. So there's a cult. That was from the previous one. You uh, start to, so Halloween one is a standalone. You guys have seen Halloween. I need to go through yes, that. Yes. Halloween I have seen. Um, Halloween two is where we get the introduction to the rune um, the Thorn Rune, and we also get the introduction of Michael Myers possibly being Sam Hain. Now, that's the the whole like, you know, is it a, a an evil presence, you know? And Donald Pleasance has a lot of like, this is beyond just a killer. There's something evil inside of him. We really kind of they they start pushing that narrative in Halloween two, in Halloween three complete sidetrack. We all know the the whole thing behind Halloween three, different story, not related to the Halloween 
series. Five more days till Halloween. <laughs> yep. Love that song. Um, and then Halloween four and five brings it back to the, the narrative. And I, God, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know like uh, Michael Myers starts coming back and working his way through the rest of the, the family. Um, why does then, he hate all the Strodes? Do they explain that? In this movie, they did. Oh, Remember, in this movie, they kind of did, but they don't do well, it well. They keep going, you're the last. And it's like, yeah, but why? <laughs> yes. I I don't know. Oh, God. Laurie Strode, uh, Jamie Lee's character, at this point in the timeline, she was Michael Myers' sister. Yes. Right? In this particular version of the universe, 2018, erased all that. Right. Thank God. She was adopted into the Strode family. Yes. Right? Right. So Kara is the biological daughter, the actual Strode of John and Deborah. Okay, so she's a real Strode, she's not a, a Myers. She's a real Strode, not a Myers. Okay. Yes. So why does Myers hate the Strodes? I don't know. Okay. What the <laughs> fuck did the, what did the Strodes ever do to him? I thought he was still going after family members, and, and I think I had that notion in my head through yeah. this entire movie. Well, and well, that's the thing. Well, that's the thing is there is a scene in this movie where they talk about Michael Myers killing his family as per the, I guess, the pagan ritual that fucking... Um, there's a voice. That he, fucking Paul Rudd... No, Paul Rudd is saying it. Well, that, that's the thing is there's like nine different like ideas <laughs> they wanted for this movie and they went with all of them. Right. Well, and, there is a Myers. The baby is a Myers. Yes, the and, baby is a Myers. I think what we need to point out really is this movie requires previous knowledge to the films to really yeah. get you in the mindset of what's happening, right? Look, at we're floundering around now. Like, who's this and what is... You right, because I've what? never seen four or five um, and... Well, then that's so the, confused. When you said that, when you told me, like, yeah. I haven't seen the previous, like, four or five, I was like, good luck. Yeah. I, I texted you, I was like, good luck on this one, man, because all this hinges on, you can you can piece it together, but, like, all this hinges on having an understanding of, like, a little more backstory of Michael Myers, yeah. the druid cult that exists 70, in this town, like, I guess. Yeah, like, 70% of the time, I was like, what's happening? Who's that? Where did this come from? Uh, so if you don't if you don't have a really deep understanding, essentially, of the previous movies, like you said, good luck, because um, they do not really hold your hand. They're just like... There's, like, a couple of expository scenes where, like, Paul Rudd's at a... a couple. There's, like, seven. Well, there's, like, one where, like, Paul Rudd's, like, at a computer, like, oh, here's what runes are. Okay, bye. And it's like, no, slow down. What's happening? Yeah, Paul Rudd is a, a runologist. A runologist. Um, Jamie Myers yeah. has a baby at the very beginning, and we see in the, in the, um, the Universal Studios... Uh, mummy ride she has a baby tied to a chair and then they take the baby and they put the uh the rune of thorn yeah. on the baby's stomach and i thought they the first time i saw it i was like oh my god they just cut that baby they just like scarred that baby with a knife but they actually just like rub blood charcoal on it. yeah blood and um <clears throat> so that's a myers baby so michael is doing two things in this movie he's a multitasker he's looking for that baby because the baby's a Meyer, but also while he's out and about, he's Give killing me that baby. <laughs> he's killing Strodes because he's like, fuck the Strodes for a yet to be understood reason. So when Paul Rudd is talking about the the symbol of Thorn, yeah. he says that in old ancient times, like in Ireland and stuff like that, Ireland or Scotland, I can't remember which one I'll talk about. Yeah. Um, they used to give like one child out of the tribe the symbol of Thorn. It used to be like branded as that. Yeah. And then that kid had to sacrifice its family family once every X amount of time on all Hallow's Eve, more or less like around that time that would basically like keep evil away from the rest of the tribe. So ideally what they were trying to posit is, is Michael is 
that thorn child. Yeah. And the thorn children can like hear the evil voices. And Pleasant says, oh, he heard the voice that told him to kill his family. Yeah, that so was that's lame. The evil of Sam Hain. So is he killing his family because that's part of the ritual? And I was like, is Michael Myers supposed to be a good guy? He's saving everyone else by killing his family as part of this whole process. But then they talk about the Druids trying to control Michael Myers right. as controlled evil. And Pleasance is like, you can't do that. And then Pleasance is also like, Michael Myers is beyond just a killer. He's like possessed by this pure evil, which is the Samhain thorn thing. thing. Yeah, the, the, the evil force. And these are all subplots in this movie. Yeah. But that explains why he wants to kill all the Myers. It doesn't explain why he just has a fucking hate boner for the Strodes. Yes. And the thing is, it's like, why did they put the, the rune of thorn? <laughs> why did they, they put the rune of thorn on the Myers baby then? And the yeah, thing is, it's like, but this is the thing, though. It's like, at the end, they take um, Jamie's baby, which we'll call Steven because Paul Rudd names it Steven. Oh, yeah. Um, they take Steven, the baby who's been you know, branded with the uh, the thorn rune into this genetic research along with um, Danny. Right. Kara's little boy. And they're like talking about splicing the genes of both of them to make like a, a, a person Why? possessed yeah. by Sam Hain that they can control. I'm a Strode Meyer. Ah, the Strode Myers. I'm um, a Strode Minor weenie. But then it's like, <laughs> what is the point of that? Like, I know they were trying to like, control evil and that's what pleasance is like you can't control evil yeah and then wins like no we got this and then why can danny also hear the voices and he just independently starts drawing this i thought the house was involved in some way the house is ancillary to everything and i had that note and i was like we need to take the house out of the equation but this was michael myers house right yeah and that's the thing is pleasant says moved in yeah Plez, pleasant says you know he he's attracted to this place because of the memories he has for it so know? the house has no paranormal bearing no i assumed it was like a like you only move the headstones type situation <laughs> a poltergeist yes yeah, so we had a poltergeist situation no. here the house is not related to this other uh, than the fact that some shit went down and evidently he likes to go back to this place because you know he's got a hate boner for that house, <laughs> i can will. see why 2018 erased all of this this shit's confusing and unnecessarily confusing and it gets crazier because h2o like dismisses like this whole storyline and picks up some oh my god what the fuck so if we could step back <clears throat> just a little bit into movie four and five yeah just briefly I only have now realized that the little girl in four and five is Michael Myers' niece, who is the main character of that film. And then this one, she has the baby and just is wiped out and is like, I don't know, like sidelined, if you will. Oh, yeah. They kill her almost immediately. Yeah, like Kara? The, yeah. Like, or, Jamie, Jamie. or Jamie. And I mostly forgot what she had to do with anything other than she was some poor woman being held hostage in a cult yeah, at the beginning. They, they killed her so fast. She was I a fresh womb to move this story along. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. They killed her so fast, I didn't realize she was important to the story. Like, oh, right. okay, she's like a key to this whole well, thing. Well, if you'd seen five, you would know like, oh, she's important. But the thing is, when they kill her off right away, you're like... Okay, what the? F and then they switch to Kara, and I'm like, well, she's not related to Myers. But right. this, this movie takes place in the box, say six years after five, something to that effect. Yes. So she's been, this is this is the little girl. This is Jamie in four and five. Jamie is like <laughs> six years old there, so she's like twelve. The t uh, this timeline the is, timeline doesn't make sense. It, yeah. Oh, it says it says birth 1980, death 1995 at age fifteen. 
So she that, was 15? the actress in this movie is supposed to be 15. Well, no, no. Well, according to this, whatever that is, is fucking wrong. <laughs> no, but that makes Halloweenmovie.fandom.com. It makes sense based on the, the text that they put on the back of that stupid box where they said six years after the events in Halloween, whatever, five, I guess, uh, he's back. So if... And based on that picture, she does look to be about nine. So, holy shit, this movie just added a whole level of pedophilia. God damn. I'm happy I've stayed away from this busted-ass franchise. (laughs) Well, no, it's all busted. Because, I mean, even Joe Chappelle, like, the director found um, Donald Pleasant's boring and evidently, like... Like cut out a lot of his scenes. What? Okay, well, fuck that guy. And I'm just like, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, Donald Pleasant ain't bringing the heat. But the thing is, is like, he's like integral to the storyline. Yeah. He's very much retired. I did like that bit. All right, so let's let's try to get what into what is uh, called a plot in this movie yeah. here. We open up as we said with uh, Jamie giving birth to a baby, which will eventually be named Stephen by Paul Rudd. But right now, it's been marked by the Thorn Rune. Then there's a random nurse who comes to Jamie, unties her, and says. If you want your baby to like live, get out of here now. So this nurse helps Jamie escape. If you want to live, come with me. Yes. And she's like, take your baby and get out of here. This baby is not a newborn baby also. This no. is a huge grown baby. It's like a toddler. <laughs> so Did you say a grown baby? <laughs> a grown baby. It's got Trump syndrome. Um, sorry, I won't get political. But, um, <laughs> but no, so like she's like, get out of here. Now, at this point, though, Michael Myers is out and about. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, does he, is he just an animal gets to roam the halls as he well, pleases they, in this cult? Cause it sounds like the, the, the thorn cult is like trying, like they're like, Oh, well they let him out. They use him, try to use him for his devices and you can't actually control that. The thing is though, is like if it's an uncontrolled variable, then take it off the fucking playing field. They must go through members like constantly. Oh, like, like the, the turnaround rate of like new hires has got to be out the, out the wazoo. Once a week, there's a new hire class pretty much. <laughs> you're, you're probably going to die first day. Yeah. Just want you to understand going in. Okay. So, so Jamie and her baby run out of this underground boiler room facility, which is actually underneath a chemical plant. It looks like, and I'm, I'm being, like I'm using like hyperbole to describe these places because like it's not any of these places, but you can't tell what any of this is. It's a it's ninety boiler sets. Room, it's yeah. ninety sets that they had for horror movies. And it's very dark. It's so- think long piped corridors blasted in blue and red lights. Yeah. With smoke and steam everywhere. And apparently random spikes throughout the hall. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so murder my, spikes, they call them. So Michael Myers is chasing Jamie, the baby and the nurse out of the facility. And the nurse is like, just go. I'll kind of hold it off. And then Michael Myers picks up the nurse, impales her on a wall spike, which just happens to exist yeah, in this random first, hall. Uh, like just sideways impales through her skull. That was uh, looked painful. And then she's hanging from the wall, which is very reminiscent of the first one where he impales the uh, the boyfriend on the wall with a knife. You know what this whole scene is reminiscent of? A better movie called Willow. <laughs> That's how the Willow starts. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fucking Willow, gross. Oh, I'm sorry. Peck, peck. You be careful. Um, gross. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I do not. Gross. I do not enjoy that movie. I just. It's one of those things where, like, I tried. And I just every time I watch it, I'm just like, eh. It's not aged well, but I you can look forward back. to a sequel coming soon to Disney Plus. Oh shit! Willow. 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 <laughs> Willow two. Willower. Out of the way, pick. 
Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. So back to Halloween. Jamie and the baby crawl out of this thing and they're like, they're running away. And then I guess they're also by a lumber yard because she steals a truck from this guy who's it's standing around and he's very all like, convenient truck with keys in it, just ready for stealing. And the guy's like, get out of my truck. What are you doing? She, instead of driving off for her life, she's like, get away, get away, but roll, won't roll down, the, roll down the window no, to I'm, say this. So the guy gets his neck twisted and snapped open by Michael Myers and then she dude. drives off. Jamie drives off. Now at this point, we don't know where she's going, what she's doing. We just know she's escaped with her baby. Right. Which is fair because she doesn't know either. So I didn't mind being confused here. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. She doesn't know what's going on. I feel <laughs> like we're on the same page. The idea is just to flee. Yeah. yeah. And we're good with that and right now. And she ends up at a bus station, I yes. guess, but also a bus station where the, the person's just like, we're gone for 20 minutes, but we're not locking well, the door. it's like in the middle of nowhere bus. Did you guys notice when she was running away before she got in that truck, though, when she fell, she fell like right on the fake baby <laughs> that she was carrying. I was like, well, that baby's dead. And I was like, that's unfortunate. And I will address the fact that it's empty as someone who has been in a bus station at 5 a.m. Yeah. in Rando Fucktown when I took my bus trip to Boston. Okay. It's it's standard. This yeah, is how this is this is not are. abnormal. Oh. Yeah, it's like okay. it's like one in the morning at, at this point. There's not even an employee. Well, it said we'll be back in 20 minutes. That person's taking a shit or something <laughs> like that, or they're jacking off in the back room or All who right. knows. Maybe that. Yeah, I okay. do need to say this is one of the biggest, nicest bus stations I ever oh, fucking it's huge. seen. Huge for Haddonfield, which is supposed to be what a small, sleepy town. Well, they're not in Haddonfield. No, they are oh. because when she calls what? the police, it says due to extreme weather, which is like a light drizzle, uh, all circuits are busy. Because she calls the Haddonfield Police Department and she. She has to be in Haddonfield. I feel like she's like two towns away or something like well, that. She's really shitty at calling 911, but also it has to be in Haddonfield because she hears the radio station. Well, that radio station seemed like it just went everywhere, though. On the radio is Barry Sims, the talk back with Barry Sims. <laughs> and he is like your typical wannabe Howard Stern, 90s shock jock asshole. You know, we've we've seen the trope a million times. Yes. And he is just dropping exposition left and right as she's running around this bus station. Now, a little quick thing about the exposition on this. He talks about how Haddonfield has outlawed Halloween. Which, first question, how the fuck do you outlaw Halloween? What well, does that mean? Well, not only that, they've outlawed Halloween, but everyone decorates. Everyone's <laughs> in costume. Like it's, like, it's like we've outlawed Christmas, and everyone's like, fuck it, we're still going to do it. Ma'am, I'm going to have to write you a citation for that black kitty cat you got on your porch. Right. Oh, it's the 31st. Everyone's getting a ticket. I told you we outlawed <laughs> this And even day. the adults are decorating. It's like, you yeah. think the adults would be like, we're following the rules and the law, and the kids would be like, fuck it, we want Halloween, and that would be the whole like but contention There's there. like a whole like protest Yes. In some football field, like, we're taking Halloween back. <laughs> I'm like, what's happening? Right There's now? a war on Halloween, boys, okay? It's, Fox News has been telling us forever. It's so crazy. And I sort of alluded to this earlier, but it's like they were like, let's get some footloose in this movie here. They outlawed dancing, we're outlawing Halloween. We want a trick or treat and we want it now. Like, what's going on? What do we want? Trick or treat. What do we want? When do we want it? Right now. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so we're getting all this information and and um, Barry's talking to people and everyone you're okay. they're like everyone still remembers the Michael Myers murders like the town yeah. is just known for this like it's part of their heritage almost he, he has my favorite line <laughs> like in Michael whole, Myers days happens right <laughs> he has my favorite line in the whole movie though because some caller calls in and claims to have seen Michael Myers and he's like yeah right what's next Michael Myers in space and I was like yes please I would love to see that <laughs> I wrote that down I was like if John talks about Michael Myers in space I'm punching him in his stupid mouth <laughs> you know I love in space movies so Leprechaun versus Myers like, in space Space. Let's do it. I'm just going to remake Apollo 11 with like famous horror franchise people. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that, sign me up. I'd watch that. Yeah. Attention, so, attention Apollo 11. I want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> 
So do you find this town's banning of Halloween more believable than Freddy's Springwood Every parent has gone crazy. I, yes. I, yes, I believe this way more than I believe the parents going crazy and fucking... Because I could like... Well, one, if like I mentioned in the episode, if everyone had murdered each other, there'd be some sort of government fucking intervention of like, what is happening here? And I could believe like my head canon is that they passed some like... Uh, uh, ceremonial sort of city council kind of ban like yeah we ban Halloween but it's really like okay we get it wink, I wink. think it's more just kind of like how like certain places that are known for really terrible things just don't tend to celebrate yeah. or acknowledge it kind of like you don't see a lot of like World War II you know kind of like remember World War II in <laughs> Germany you know or you don't see a lot of like just terrible stuff that's like memorialized yeah. I mean well we say that but then there's a confederate flag still what the fuck I know um, but anyway. I, I just imagine if it was wasn't for the fact they were doing this stupid protest, I would have just written it off as like a throwaway ceremonial thing. But it does it's all garbage because none of it makes sense. <laughs> the thing is everybody talks about it as yeah. if like, well, this is banned. And Everyone it's like is, everyone's doing it. Yeah, they'll have an opinion on it. It's like the fucking it is the town got political gossip. I wanted to be Barbie last Halloween, but I couldn't. So That's now right. I'm mad. This is why Trump won. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, here we go. So the reason that we're bringing up the shock jock at this point is that it seems to be the only thing people listen to in the 10 mile radius that it's broadcast yes. right uh jamie's hearing it at the bus station uh loomis we are we see dr loomis uh donald pleasance's character is listening to this it's like as the well, least believable right? part he's like dude there's no way that this man loomis is cool what are you talking about that <laughs> he's man, cool he's hip he's watching matlock and typing away at his typewriter. no right. way in between in between his little shock jock moments he's like here's a new hit from them smashing pumpkins loomis is like turn that shit up you know <laughs> more of a chili peppers man but i'll take it <laughs> i preferred mother's milk but i'll take it <laughs> i totally am in tune with the melancholy of the infinite sadness uh, i want to shirt this guy i'm like all grunged out he's into the grunge for sure garbage is his favorite band um it. so yeah he's listening uh dr Wynn comes and visits loomis he's like dude we want you back at the hospital i'm like have you seen him he's on a cane he can barely talk like normally like you don't he's not gonna go get his old job back. I just don't understand that. It was, and that's an unfortunate physicality. Shady Grove yeah. sanitarium. And it's unfortunate that uh, Donald Pleasance was, you know, so ailing at this point because I'm sure that wasn't part of the script. But it's like, when would have shown up and be like, Oh man, you enjoy your retirement, bud. We'll see, uh, you know, maybe around the loobies. Well, and this is the thing though, is there's a point for him being like that. When wants him back, not because he's like, damn it, you're the best pilot we have. You know, he's like, when's like, hey, I really want you to come back to, you know, Shady Grove Sanitarium. And he's like, well, I'm, ret and Pleasance is like, I'm tired. I'm ret retired, not tired. I'm sure he was tired, tired too. Yeah. I'm retired. I'm happy here. And he's like, yeah, but you were so good at what you did. And he's like, just, 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 you know, think about it. Now, the, the thing is, though, is we're going to learn the reason when once, Loomis back so bad is because he was the first to recognize pure evil inside Michael Myers. And that's from Halloween two hmm. when he basically is like, there's something beyond him just being a killer. There's pure evil in him. There's something driving him. And the thing is, is the thorn cult believes in this pure evil energy. So when who is spoiler alert, I'm sorry, I got to say this is the head of this thorn cult is like, I want you back because damn it, you'd be great in our cult because you were the first to recognize it. You're like the chosen one who can 
help us do this thing. It's barely. But he never, he never, he never says that to Loomis. Loomis has no idea. Oh, yeah. His whole pitch is like, yeah, I know you're retired, but have you tried not being retired? Yeah. <laughs> and, and this early, and it works almost. Yeah. <laughs> and this early in the film, we have no idea that he's a cult leader. Right. You know, if you've never seen it before, but it's barely a twist because a twist would require some sort of seeds where you could figure this out on your own. But he's only on screen like three times. Doctor Wynn. Yeah, and then the yeah. third time he's like, oh, I'm the cult leader. It's like, oh, all right, I guess you are. Well, he's actually on screen multiple times. We'll get to that when we actually yeah but you don't know yeah, it's yeah, him yeah, yeah. like you can't you couldn't if you don't already know it you can't piece it together <laughs> oh and that's the thing about this is like there's so many like threads and they're like all going to different sweaters like yeah. they never they never <laughs> come together to be the one piece of clothing it's always like oh well here's some threads here's some th oh wait this is all different pieces of clothing like, so for no good reason danny uh kara's kid yeah kara strode danny strode is hearing voices and he's freaked out by someone well, wait. as the voice man before we get to that let's let's kill jamie real fast <laughs> let's because after as this is going on um we also cut back to jamie who's in this truck she goes to this um the bus station right and at the bus station which has the cleanest bathroom i've ever seen at a bus station well, um, no one's there so <laughs> michael myers has chased her to this bus station and she's like in there trying to get away and she's got her baby and then she runs out of the bus station do you think michael still knows how well for two things one do you still think he knows how to drive uh, how, clearly yeah uh because and it's two, like riding a bike you never forget sure she calls the police they're like sorry also circuits are busy so then she calls the fucking joe radio host barry barry sims I mean, he wouldn't say barry Gibb, yeah but barry sims and she's like oh michael mars is after me and he's like all right dr Jerry. loomis help me she yeah. yells that over the radio and he's like what a bunch of crazy kooky kids out there today <laughs> and of course like we mentioned dr loomis is listening so then he's like oh all right i guess i should unretire myself yes at this point uh, loomis is like okay i gotta Damn it, just when I'm out, they pull me back right. in. It's the, too old for this shit. <laughs> it's the Loomis signal, so he's... <laughs> the Loomis signal. Uh, um, so, yeah, so she she runs out of the um, the bus station with her baby, gets in the truck, is driving away, and then Myers in a... Or Michael in a van behind yeah. her runs her off the road into a, a pumpkin patch of a local <laughs> farm that just happens to be right next to the bus station. Who's getting cited? That farm for growing Halloween pumpkins. That's right. Against the law. Haddonfield, a Halloween free community. <laughs> and so that's a Haddonfield guarantee. So Jamie leaves the baby in the car, runs into the barn. Michael Myers chases her. There's a whole tense moment of filmmaking. And let me just say, all these scenes, although dumb as hell plot wise, are filmed beautifully. Like there's they're really tense. They look rich. I mean, they're they're really well done. Um she eventually gets killed and impaled on a, a corn wheat thresher thing, a portable one, it looks like. Yeah. And then it gets turned on and it cuts her up and she says, you'll never get the baby. I don't. She knows that Michael's there for the baby. I don't think she could speak yeah. having her lungs threshed. I wasn't fucking buying that <laughs> at all. Uh, well, in this film, she yeah. speaks with her lungs threshed. Uh, Michael is a big impaler. Loves to impale, He's though. A, he just loves it. That's his, that's his shtick, man. Can, Vlad is his hero. Oh, um, shit. Oh. And so... Um, Michael the Impaler Myers to you. <laughs> and so he goes back out to the car to get the baby, but what's inside the baby bassinet, bonnet, whatever the fuck it's called? I don't know a lot about babies. It's just towels. Toilet it's paper just, roll. It's a it's a paper yeah. towel roll. Yeah. And he's just like, ah, shucks. And you realize that she's left the baby in the bus station. We realize that. Michael Myers is like, I'm never going to be able to crack this fucking code. <laughs> well, you know who <laughs> okay. does? Paul Rudd cracks that shit. Instantly, Beautiful yes. minding it, like listening to the radio clip over and over and yes. over. Let's point out that Tommy, played by Paul Rudd, Tommy from the first one, the little kid who's 
attacked by the boogeyman when Laurie Strode's babysitting is now an adult played by Paul Rudd. And he's yeah. also listening to Barry Sims on the radio, the talk back. So everyone, yeah, everyone listens to this, this it's, whole town. This is like the fifties when people used to watch Walter, Walter Cronkite. And it's like, everyone just sits around. And it's like, we got to get our news. Barry Sims is that guy in this yeah, movie. The demographics of all the different listeners do not add up. And this also, guy has got a, a fucking corner on this market. And they're piping it through a bus station. No bus station would ever put a shot. Like Howard Stern was not being played over a fucking <laughs> bus station. You're playing Muzak or some boring like oldie station. Go ahead like, and take your top off for us. Robin, you got this? <laughs> you know, it's like, what the hell? But whatever. I guess in Haddonfield, that Halloween free, shock jock heavy. That's how they do it. <laughs> That's how they even out the feel of the town. So yeah, so that whole scene plays out. Jamie is dead. Her baby is now quote unquote hidden. Michael Myers doesn't know what to do. Loomis is now like, oh my God, I heard my name. I have to get up and get out of retirement. Um, Wynn has tried to convince him to come back. Paul Rudd listening to the clip over and over again. Yes. Just like you said, beautiful mind, like just, just you just see him pacing through his room, like. Mm, so aha. What did, he heard what he heard a bus station over the intercom. Like next stop is going to Sanz Sanzibar. Wait, did like, it say that? I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah he, he heard listening it. and slowing it down, and he was listening in, and like he heard the bus station, which notice. is weird because no one's at the bus station. Right, the, not even the person who makes the announcements is there. And, so there should have been no ambient background noise, and right. we didn't hear it while it was happening. Yes, when she's on the call to the radio station that never happens so like basically something happened in radio land that did not happen in real life uh, but yeah he figures it out because then he stomps off to the bus station like a dick and he's like did a bus come here from pittsburgh and the guy's like uh yeah he's like thanks like damn dude fucking dial it back this guy isn't michael myers he's just helping that's what i'm it. saying i think she was like in pittsburgh or something i think she was like no he heard that the bus arrived the oh notice. yeah that was the, oh, the radio okay. oh, in the bus station and that's how he was able to determine where she was so she was at the haddonfield super bus station bus depot almost <laughs> uh which is close enough that paul rudd could just walk there essentially he's got a, he's got a, he's and took a taxi at this point there are people in the bus station no one's cleaned these immaculate bathrooms because he, where's the baby? Just in a stall. He follows a trail of blood <laughs> that right. nobody there has noticed yet. He's the first one to see it. <laughs> and he fall, he goes into the women's yeah. restroom and inside one of the cupboards is the crying baby. Apparently no one's been in the bathroom all morning right. either. And let's give a little backstory on Tommy here because... We first introduced to Tommy when he's listening to the radio station when it happens. He no, we're, is. We're first introduced to him in a much fucking. No, hold on. I'm way. saying like he's he's listening in his room to the radio station, and did I say bathroom? No, you said his room, but he's not listening when we. He's looking at. He's taking no, fucking it's, it's, photos. It's in. It's on the background. Oh, I didn't the radio's okay. on the background, and he's he's got a camera on a tripod looking into the window of the house next door, which is the the fucking Strode, the Myers Strode house from like all the previous movies. And he's like, got a camera facing the window where he's spying on Kara who will get to her introduction in just a second. But he's like watching her get undressed. And then she looks over and she's like, what is this creepy perv doing? You guys may have remembered in a previous episode that I said, if you own binoculars, you're a creep. Yeah. Well, I'm now extending that to <laughs> cameras with long lenses. Uh, I have, I have a in, note here that says no one uses cameras as cameras in movies. They only use them as binoculars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But she sees him, I guess. And then is like, whatever. She doesn't really react how I would have reacted. If that, I would fucking, well, she closes her window. She's kind of like, ugh, and from, closes the window. from the perspective of Tommy, 
it looks like she's getting undressed and he doesn't see this happening. And then she steps into frame in her underwear and then he sees her in the underwear and then she's like, that's weird. And then just closes the blinds. It's so it's it's not like he's actually peeping on her. No, he's watching the house. And this is the thing. Based off the previous movies, he's watching the house because he knows Michael Myers is still alive. He thinks that Michael Myers is still alive. He knows in his mind, but like he's watching house because he knows he's going to come back. So he's just basically doing he's a security guard for this house. Eh, he's a creeper, but I, he's, he's a pervy guy. But like he's he's security guard. But, but I, like, to, saying, to I don't, you said, I don't Mark, think he's pervy. No, no, he's not. He's not, not trying purpose, to watch her undress because you're right. She, he doesn't notice her until she like stands right in front of him. Is like, check out the goods, boy. But how does she see see him in the window? She felt it. OK, I it was, was wondering. She sensed that someone had a camera. On the if house. I was the only I watched it twice. I even rewound it to be like, how did she see? She's standing at her dresser in her underwear. Then she's like, something's not right here. And then walks back to the window. And that's the whole fucking scene. I don't understand. Guys, when you undress slowly to your undergarments, <laughs> looking at yourself in the mirror, and you feel a little like tickle run down your spine, you, you shiver in your spine, if you will. Tingle? Tingle in your spine. The only thing I feel is shame when I stare at my Abbey body in Amen. the mirror. And then you're like, ooh, you know what? I bet someone's watching me through the window. I better take my naked body to the window and give him a better view. Okay, very, very revealing moment. When I, uh, back in the day, I lived in this house and um, they had dogs and stuff like that. And sometimes, like, I think the, ha- the house would be empty. It'd just be yeah. me and the dogs. And sometimes I'd get out of the shower and I'd be, like, drying off stuff. And I'd, like, I'd, like, listen to music and dance. Mm-hmm. But one day I was dancing around naked with the dogs. It's kind of like, what's up, dudes? Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, like, looked out the window and our neighbors are just like, Huh. And I'm just like, ooh, ooh I'm never living this one down. <laughs> uh, that's their fault, not yours. If they're watching you, uh, that makes I think, it their I, think, fault. I feel like it was one of those moments of like, they looked up and I looked out uh, and it was like, oh boy. Eye contact did, of shame. <laughs> I did not realize this was going on. It was like simply irresistible playing or something as you were dancing around your house. <laughs> there was a 99% chance it was the Monster Mash. Risky uh, business. But. He's just sliding around in socks. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, this this can happen. I'm just saying. Let's okay. not let's not fault her for getting undressed, and let's not fault Paul Rudd for God, doing security on a house. There's so much plot left. We're I know. barely in this fucking <laughs> We're movie. Seven minutes in right now. Anyway, we cut to the next morning, and this is where we get to introduce ourselves to the Strode family, the people that Kara, who I guess is our now new main female character, yes, is suddenly for reasons. Yes, just cause, and she's got a kid. Yeah, Danny. Danny. Who has the shining, evidently. <laughs> oh, um, also named Danny. Yes. Oh, yeah. You didn't get that? Ooh, no. Oh, I was I was like, Danny's got the shining. Um, so the the interesting thing about Danny is Danny is hearing voices, right? He's having these dreams of the character on the neighborhood watch sign. You know, the the creepy guy with the black hat with <laughs> yeah. the little they, symbol. They call him the the uh, the dark man. Is that the name of that? That's character? the name of the character. Is the Dark Man, and okay. basically he he looks like Mister X. You know, he's got like a black face mask. His face is in shadow. He's got a, a hat, a overcoat, and it's all in black and stuff. And Danny thinks he sees him in the room and going like, "What does he say? You got to you got to kill your family or something like that." That's generally the gist. Kill them all, you know, like Amityville style, like <laughs> yeah. poisoning your mind. You- and this is last night before uh, Kara gets undressed and Paul Red Caesar. So I. I was trying to put two and two together based on the information the movie was giving me. So we've got this cult and we've got the Sam Ham idea and we got the thorn business happening and we've got Michael Myers. I was assuming that they were trying to put the evil in Danny. 
Is that right? Like they were trying to transfer and make I, a new Michael Myers? I yes, that. that's what the thing is. At the end, when I said yeah. the whole genetic thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. And there's, there's actually a line where they're like, this DNA research is revolutionary. We can't believe you did it. And Dr. Wynn's like, please, please, I got this. Let's get this going. But Danny doesn't have any Myers DNA in him, does he? He's just like straight no, straight. No, yeah, but he's 100%. He has been, he's been touched by the thorn, I guess. I How? Think, I think, I think um, Dr. Wynn or the Dark Man, which you find out is the Dark Man, like just knows that Danny has the gift. He has the shining. And so he's like, well, we need that kid. I don't know how he knows that though. <sighs> Give me the answers, Garrett. This movie's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This movie's dumb. Agree. Uh, yeah. So they call him the dark man or the voice man. I feel the like voice man. That's like what both, it is. Right. Yeah, yeah. The voice man. So, Kara's just like, okay, quit having these nightmares. We're fine. And she'd recently just returned home from places. Right. It she doesn't matter. She's she, now back in his house. Her dad is always mad. He does a really great job of belittling her at every chance. Every chance. Oh, he's asshole dad number one. Like he she just nails it. Fled due to a mistake, which I guess we're led to believe is Danny, because he's like, Life was great before you were here, Danny. It's like Damn. <laughs> he called he's, he's like, life was great before you showed up back up on our doorstep with that bastard. Yeah. And the kid's right there. I was like, You piece of shit. He's just eating his fucking count talks as the mom. He's being so threatening and nasty to his daughter that Danny has gotten up, picked up a butcher's knife, and is now holding at the dad's stomach. And everybody just looks down and is like, oh, shit. And then they just quietly take the knife away. And like, go finish <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, Kara goes, kid. give me the knife. And then he gives it to her. And the thing is, Danny doesn't realize what he's done. He's kind of in a trance. And this happens a couple times to Danny. He goes in these trances and does things. Right, which we're supposed to believe is mirroring what happened to little Michael Myers. Yes, because I think he is one of the chosen thorn kids. That's why I thought the house was related in some way. But it's not, because I think, I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Um, Guys, I want you to know, I hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you that before we decided to figure it out, I didn't really have a problem with it. And now I fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, if you, this, is, this is why I kept text messaging you guys. Good luck. Have fun yeah. with this because you're going to need it. Like it's so it's so convoluted. If you tug at one string, the whole thing unravels. It is not held together very well. It's like you eat a gumdrop all. off the gingerbread house and the whole thing just goes to dust. Yeah. It's like, what is that pile of yarn? Oh, that's my sweater. <laughs> and I think what's happening is the voice man is trying to foster a new Michael Myers. He's like, if we can get this kid to go down the same path and we can catch him early enough, we can control him. We can basically have a Michael Myers that we can utilize instead of a loose cannon Michael Myers that we can't do shit for. Yeah, I think we get that. It's just, it's so shallow. And the thing is, they're going to take the baby, which actually is the Myers bloodline, and DNA splice it into Danny. And this is legit. And So they have like a true Myers monster thorn baby dog that they can unleash when they need it to basically be pure evil. It is the stupidest fucking thing ever, but that's what's going down. So the dad has a son who is dating a, a college girl who wants to do a protest to bring Halloween back. <laughs> and that then, sentence is fucking stupid. <laughs> but it's true. It's in it's the movie. 100% accurate. The husband has a wife who's very much like, here, take some money, you know, like very caring, very yeah, like nice. motherly. Well, let's give him names. And he gives her, okay, let's give, let's give him names. <laughs> we don't need the to dad, give these assholes You're like, names. the dad has a son who has a girlfriend who wants to bring back Halloween. <laughs> the husband has a wife. You don't say. <laughs> these names are ancillary. They are, that's true. They all die so okay. fast. So dad asshole 
Strode is named John and the son's name is Tim. Of course. Tim's girlfriend that wants to bring Halloween back <laughs> is Beth. So there's, those are the names of the people, right? So Beth is one of the ones that's going to be doing this protest that she we talked about. Established the protest. Yeah. She is pro Halloween. She has watched Nightmare Before Halloween 18,000 times right. and she is like a a bride. She's a Halloween bride. Nightmare before Halloween. You just mean nightmare for Christmas? That's what I meant. Halloween sure. bride? <laughs> what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. God have mercy on your soul. The Chorus Bride and the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I like my versions better. She's the president of this committee <laughs> and is really fucking into it for the mild inconvenience that this unenforced city ordinance <laughs> is doing <laughs> to her. unenforced. And let's point out that she's completely not necessary to this story. No. Um, she's there to basically show us tits later. Unfortunately, yes. that was her role, it seems and like. And to die, but also basically off screen. Yes, so you realize that the dad who we are introduced by going out side and chopping down a for sale sign right. he that says so because the kids in the neighborhood put up a, a paper Michael Myers on the for sale sign <laughs> on the front of the house and he runs out and he's like you fucking kids enough with the Michael Myers stuff chops down the sign with an axe instead of just taking the piece of paper of Michael yeah. Myers off or of it. Or just lifting the sign out of the ground yes. like you're supposed to do. These are reusable fucking signs. This <laughs> sets the tone for how this guy acts and behaves but anyway I really thought it was like Chekhov's axe but no that axe has no bearing at all in the well, rest of the movie. It's the axe that comes back later to kill the mom. Oh. Yeah, so it is. It is. Oh. Every, every weapon that's used in this movie has a checkoff moment. At some point in time, Dr. Loomis comes to the house and starts talking to the mother. He's like, this is the Myers house. And the mom's like, wait, what? what? Yeah, how huh? does she not what? fucking know? Everybody and knows that. It's revealed that the dad, John Strode, and his brother had owned the Myers house, but they could never sell it. Right. So rather than, I don't know, liquidate it, they just moved into it. Yeah. And but he didn't tell his family about the murders. But how do they not know? Everybody in this city <laughs> There's knows. a fucking ordinance based yes. off of it. You can't live in Haddonfield not know about the Michael Myers house. And Ugh. during the Halloween protest, Beth is like, and my boyfriend lives in Myers house. And Barry, uh, the radio DJ, is the guest of honor at this fucking Halloween Barry protest. <laughs> He's dressed up as a flasher and everybody's like, so sexy. Yay. Yeah, oh, dude. I'm like, what is happening? This she, is stupid. He goes, does she get this riled up in the sack? And I was like, God, 1995 was so long ago. Does she Does she bark like a dog? And I was like, dude. And then he's like, what do you say me and you go find out? He's a fucking garbage person. Right? I do like when he tells that person, relax your crack. I was like, <laughs> all right. Relax your crack. I have some of his lines written down, but um, also his phone number to call in at the beginning of the thing is 1-800-YOU-SUCK. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, the 90s. Wonderful. But the uh, the information that Beth is giving to everybody is that, by the way, my boyfriend lives in the old Myers house, and this is the first time Tim is hearing about it, too. He's like, <laughs> yeah. wait a minute. Was that all true? And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, dude. What do you mean? You didn't know that? So God. it's just like you said, everybody should know it was right. a, it was the scene of a brutal killing by a little kid. Very famous, famous enough that they put a Halloween sticker, on, a Michael Myers sticker on the fucking for sale sign. <laughs> Everybody else seems to know. <laughs> yeah. The seven-year-olds in the town know more than these grown-ass yeah. adults do. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, Loomis, after Loomis tells the mother what's going on, she talks to him on the phone, uh, the husband, John, yeah. and kind of is like, you, you've been an asshole or something like that, and she goes and is doing her laundry, right? Of course, she's... 
sheets. Of course. Nice white sheets. And how does she get taken out? I forget exactly. So she's creeping around the house because she senses somebody's in there. Um, And then I guess she sees Michael Myers. She uh, she's out with like hanging her laundry up in the lawn and her glasses falls off and she steps on him. So Michael kills, he kills her. her he kills her yes. outside in the okay. sheets, right? Her, That's why the sheets are such a big deal. And you see the, you don't really see him kill her. You see blood splatter on the sheets. Because the washing machine breaks. She goes upstairs. She noticed the ax that she brought inside is missing. She sees Michael Myers. She runs outside to get away in the backyard, realizes I went the wrong direction to get out. I'm stuck in the backyard. Trips and falls because of course yeah. she runs like a toddler. Dude. Like she runs like a person who just learned how to walk three days ago. <laughs> and then Michael Myers Max with the hammer or the the axe, and then you see blood spray across one of the sheets that've been hanging in the the backyard to dry. Another uh, reminiscent to Halloween too, and then uh, we cut away. I don't does Paul Rudd know that this baby is related to Jamie? Yes, he does because the radio thing. Well, and also at some point in between all these scenes, he he goes to the hospital and meets Loomis. That's before this, yes. Yeah, he goes to, and he's like, my baby's had an emergency. And the nurse is like, what kind of emergency? He's like, I fucking need a doctor. And she's like, God, let me call security on you. Yeah. Real dick of a nurse. Oh, you need help? Security. Yeah. Uh, but while he's getting, you know, while he's waiting for security, he runs in the Loomis conveniently. And Dr. Wynn. Right. This is important. And he's, he's like, hey, I found this baby. Oh, security's here. Meet me at the protest tonight. It's related, like, from that call last night, which is, and Loomis and Wynn know that that was Jamie. Right. And, and so he's like, I got this baby from the Jamie girl, you know, and they're like, oh my God. Okay. And then the security shows up and Paul Rudd runs out. Tommy and Danny end up in his room <laughs> yeah. without an adult, which is never a good idea. Weird. And then um, Kara, the mom comes in and it's like, what are you doing here? And that's when Paul Rudd goes, okay, Michael Myers exists. You got to get the fuck out of here. Come next door to my house. And that's where he goes on the whole exposition of like, these are runes yeah. thousands of years ago, you know, 500 BC. Yeah. So, uh, And then that's when the dad comes home and yeah, he's like, where's my dinner? And just general dickery, which is why I couldn't tell if he was drunk because he's always a fucking dick. So either he's <laughs> always drunk or uh, this well, is just how he well, is. After the sign, after, after the sign, after the phone call earlier, yeah. he pulls out a whole bottle of hard liquor yeah. and starts chugging it. So he probably is drunk, but you could barely tell because it only notches up his ass holery like one notch um they stomps around the house and for whatever reason he's like here's the washing machine going and it like he's like i've never heard this sound before in my life he's like what's this <laughs> he, he opens it and that's when he sees his poor dead wife uh shoved into a washing machine and, and the dirty sheets you know yeah. the blood splattered sheets michael cleans up after himself yeah. he doesn't leave the bodies laying around for people to find what is he an amateur no i mean this is like 44 kill you yeah. know 47 48 whatever he's a pro at this okay is what I'm, if there was an nfl he would be uh, on it of MVP. murders mvp oh, of murdering sure. uh, to mix he's my the, metaphors he's the, he's the bo jackson of uh <laughs> slashers oh i'm glad you knew a football player because i was like I'm running out of this air baseball player. <laughs> oh, so that's there true. you go. You Bo Jackson, we love you. Um, our second official Grave Talk mascot, Bo Jackson. Bo knows. Bo knows, Bo, Bo knows horror. Bo knows. <laughs> so, um, yes, he finds his dead wife. And at that point, who's right behind him in an epileptic lighting seizure oh, fit? Michael Myers. So lame. Picks him up, puts him into an open fuse box chokes him into an open fuse box where he's now getting electrocuted. This they is, hold that for 40 minutes, it seems like. It's, 
it goes beyond like scary just into comical now. It's like, what is this, Looney Tunes? Because it cuts outside and you just see blue electricity flashing. And it's like, all right, next we're going to see is the fucking dad walk out with his hair standing up. <laughs> like, that was quite a shock. It was so God, stupid. God damn it, cut his mic. It's, quite not, it's not quite that bad, but his head pops. Yes, yes. his head does pop. He starts drooling and his body explodes. And Michael Myers, who is just totally cool. Yeah, well, he wears rubber shoes, so... <laughs> And now we cut back to Paul Rudd, who's like explaining this to Kara next door. And then Kara was like, Danny, go downstairs and talk to Mrs. Blankenship. And I don't know if you guys know this, but Mrs. Blankenship is actually a reference to Halloween 3 because the dad in that has a meeting with Mrs. Blankenship in Haddonfield. Oh. So. I would say this movie would be better if they spent less time referencing things and more time writing a script. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think there was 11 passes at this script. Jesus. So um, I think they tried. Should have went for 12. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, Danny's downstairs and Mrs. Blankenship's like, do you know why we celebrate Halloween? what a and, tale and Blankenship's all like he's like the kid's like oh cause of candy and stuff she's like oh yeah yeah no the boogeyman <laughs> we do it to keep spirits away ghosts come back and warn themselves by the fire and then the mom's like after hearing all the rune stuff and that Michael Myers is coming back to basically kill everybody I don't know at this point we don't know what he wants she goes Danny and runs downstairs she goes Danny go upstairs at this point Danny goes into trance and ends up across the street right yeah, she's a terrible parent for sure uh, because some, which is even worse because she gets that baby at the end. Yeah, I know. So she's going to fuck up two kids. But uh, yes. Paul Rudd's going to be the dad. This family is done for. Dunzo. Tim and Beth go back home so they can make out. Right? Oh, and yeah. That, that, the whole thing. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we do see this protest, right? Right, that takes let's place. Talk, let's talk about that protest. Uh, which I don't remember where this happens, but... The college I, campus. I, no, no, I knew that part. But in the movie, there's like a scene where this girl is under a tree and she's like... Oh, it's like a little girl. She's like, oh, it's raining. It's warm rain. This little girl's like eight. She's seen blood before, but can't fucking piece it together. She's uh, very stupid. Yeah, she's a stupid... Everyone in this movie, maybe that's it. Maybe Haddonfield has like a stupidity field. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, Beth and Tim are there, and Barry Sims has got a stage, and he's all like, tell us... And then we talked about the whole like, how yeah. he's like, Relax, rude and stuff, and then like reveals to Tim that you live in the Michael Myers house. Barry Sims is like, wait a minute. That's only like five minutes away. We'll do a live set from there. And then he's on his phone like, I got to go to this fucking house. How dare you book me in this small podunk town? And he's looking for the van. He gets in the van and he calls Michael Myers a pussy on the phone. Oh, bad move. And Michael Myers is evidently hiding in this van. Why? Why is he in there? What's his plan? Because reasons. Because <laughs> plot convenience. Because. Okay. okay. All Be- right. I, I accept it. Right. Because, you know, his his Michael Myers sense went off. Because he's a, Barry's a strode. Everybody's a strode, man. <laughs> We're all, all strodes in our heart. <laughs> I like right. to imagine he was in that van for like 45 minutes. He's like, I know he's coming back soon. I'm just, just <laughs> fucking waiting here any minute now. <laughs> Halloween 7. Michael Myers waiting. <laughs> yeah. So by that rationale, oh my God. Uh, so that so he kills um, Barry Sims, and then that's the thing is when the blood's dripping on this little girl dressed yeah. in white, who's like, it's raining and it's warm, so dumb. completely covered in red. Like all yes. she had to do was look down and be like, this is not rain. No, this was like Carrie, like yes. fucking blood pudding on her. It was disgusting. <laughs> what you didn't see was there was a pair of parents off screen saying, we haven't explained what blood is yet. Just <laughs> let her do her thing. <laughs> and so Barry Sims falls a dead body falls out of the tree lands that little girl is immediately picked up which means the parent 
had to be standing right there. Also has never seen blood before. That's <laughs> Clearly. The- and then the thing is, is Paul Rudd, who left the house to go find Loomis to get help, because um, he told Loomis to meet him at the um, the quad, the, yeah. the, 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 the protest. Um, he's like, I got to go meet Loomis real quick. I'll be right back. Loomis is like, we got to go. Michael Myers is back and killing everybody. Meanwhile, back at the house, Beth and Tim are inside the Myers house fucking, because why not at yeah, this he, point? He definitely waits till they did the deed before starting his they murdering. They full on get down, although very strategic candle placement to cover the nipples for most of that scene. Of course. Um, and then at this point, they finish and then um, He's like, I got to take a shower. Tim's like, I got to take a shower, which mm. I appreciate. To stay fresh. Next door in the Blankenship house, Danny has gone into a trance after hearing the fucking voice man say, you got to kill him. Goes downstairs and starts walking into the Myers house. Kara doesn't go there yet. She calls. Yeah, she sees the murders. She sees, well, Tim gets killed in the shower. Yeah. And then she goes, what are you doing next door? And then her friend Beth is like, I'm fucking, what are you doing? <laughs> and so she sees Michael Myers kill her through the window in the pervy camera that Paul yeah. Rudd had set She's up. Like, Someone's behind you, dead. Like, oh boy. Oh, you when suck she at says this. that, she doesn't even sell that line. No, I was like, so annoyed. She's like, it's right behind you. I was like, oh, come on. One, stop with the fucking pronoun game. Say the murderer. Not like it. Like, oh, not even the murderer. Michael Myers. Yeah. We all know who he is. She might as well have been like something undetermined's behind. <laughs> you don't look <laughs> that's when she looks down and sees her kid going into the house and she's yeah. like i've got to stop my kid from going in there and getting killed she runs next door finds her kid michael myers comes after her. there's a whole cat and mouse thing she knocks michael myers down the stairs and he this part was like oh he grabs her ankle and they fully in some bone crunching sounds and i was like oh shit he broke her ankle he did not he did no damage to her at all well she's but, limping a little bit yeah as horror movies do it's just temporary damage uh, okay. she'll heal over time okay? but yes when i heard that crunching i was like and her ankle is dust and yeah. then she's like running away just kind of like a mild limp and i was like i don't think so yeah that was like the best part of the movie that crunching sound i was like oh all right got me there okay so at this point, all threads are going next door back to the Blankenship household where Paul Rudd lives, where Paul Rudd lives uh, because they ran out from one house and thought across the street would be safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the power of across the street, man. Yeah, well, you, you don't cross the street at night. I almost called him Jason. Michael Myers, <laughs> very afraid of cars. You don't know that, but it's true. Add that to the Michaelpedia. Uh, doing uh, it now. <laughs> so they go into Paul Rudd's house. And who's there? Of course, the voice who's sitting in a chair and all dark and scary. Well, before they go in, they run into Dr. Loomis and Paul Rudd in the yard and they're all like, okay, at last, here we are. Let's go inside the Blankenship house. And that's where, yes, you're right. Loomis, Paul Rudd, and... um, Danny, Danny and Kara, Kara all run inside and they run into Dr. Wynn who's dressed as the dark voice man. And he's like, ha ha ha. I've been the puppet master the whole time. I've got the baby. I stole the baby. Like, More Willow for you. <laughs> Little Willow reference. Bam! <laughs> dropping it on you. The daikinis. Um, and we're like, wait, I don't know what the daikini is in the movie. What does he say? He says, you stupid daikini. I stole the baby when isn't, you were taking a pee pee. <laughs> isn't, isn't, uh, okay. So no, uh, Top Gun, isn't he yes, the he's daikini? The daikini. Um, what the Top guy's, Gun. What's that guy's name? Brownies. Tom Cruise? The brownies. The brownies. Not yeah. Tom Cruise, the other dude, the Iceman. 
Oh, uh, I hope you Val picked Kilmer. up. Val I hope Kilmer. you picked up the tea thing I just did on the thing. Val Kilmer. Yes. Let's talk about Willow. I'd rather talk about Willow at this. We're point. almost. Well, we're Wait, close to being that. done. Yeah. So, so you'd yes. be forgiven to think at this point. Oh, maybe the movie's almost over. All our characters are in one place. There is twenty-five more minutes left of this movie. Right. But the movie does not know how to get from point A to point B. So all our characters are hostage situation. But Kara manages to run free. We find out that Mrs. Blankenkamp. Also an evil person. Well, yes, because basically the, the the voice man has the baby. Yeah. Loomis and Paul Rudd are like, oh, Tommy. <laughs> Loomis and Tommy are like, what are you What are you doing? We got to stop this. And then at this point, Kara's like, oh my God, I've got to get Danny. She runs in the other room. Mrs. Blankenship's there with a knife and she's like, oh no, we need him. Yeah. And you find out that Mrs. Blankenship is part of this Thorn Druid cult along with Dr. Wynn and these other adults who live in Haddonfield. There's only two people in Haddonfield, Strodes and cult members. <laughs> Strodes and the Druids. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You either Strode or you're not Strode. Okay, get with it. Pick your side. Uh, and so Kara's like, aha, I'm going to jump out of a fucking window. And so she does. Yeah, she jumps out of the window to get away, which is actually reminiscent of the first uh, Halloween. Yes. So then the movie doesn't know what to do, so it just fades to black, and then it unfades to black, and Paul Rudd and Loomis are standing in the yard where uh, Kara used to be, and they go, I feel like I've been drugged, and that's it. Paul Rudd says that, and the thing is, Loomis goes, it's because you have been. We got drugged. Tommy goes, but why? And Loomis goes, it's all part of his game. And I wrote down a pointlessly convoluted game. <laughs> and, but he, and then Loomis goes, but I know where he is. Now, knowing that they took 12 passes at this script, they couldn't figure out a better way to let everyone escape than fade to black. That they, hurts my soul. They took 11 passes. 11. They would have fixed this in the 12th. There you go. Yeah, no, it was they on the, couldn't <laughs> I was like, that is the laziest screenwriting I've ever seen in a real, like, Hollywood movie. Like, that's the kind of shit I'd expect from The Room. Did you guys also notice that Danny had a, a Barry Sims t-shirt, a Barry Sims show t-shirt on? I was like, don't let your kid listen to Barry Sims. Oh, yeah. It said something like, <laughs> Barry Sims sucks or whatever. Yes. Like, I was like, what is going on here? Uh, I did like that shirt. I'd rock that shirt. <laughs> so the rest of this movie is going to take place at the sanitarium where our characters are running back and forth, being chased by Michael Myers, avoiding cultists, so, and cult finding syringes full of yeah. Toxic sludge. I think it's genetic material. So calling it one, well, calling it a sanitarium is underselling what this hospital, jail, genetic research cult headquarters is. Soundstage. Yeah. It's it, full of bright lit blue and reds everywhere. It's also huge. It's like seven city blocks big, but also the only people in it are our main characters. Well, there is a really fun scene where Michael is killing random uh, nurses to oh, strobe lights. That's true. Yes. Yeah, so Kara has been put into a container chamber in the maximum security wing which actually has a wooden and glass door Dude. with no lock yeah it's maximum security in i guess name only it's maximum security on the honor system yeah it's basically what it is paul just walks up to it it opens it like oh yeah. all right because paul rudd and loomis both show up to this place they go inside and um paul rudd finds a room that Kara's being held in and starts taking a fire extinguisher and trying to bash the door handle open to open it up at this point michael myers comes out of one of the adjacent rooms and slowly starts walking towards him did you guys know how like paul rove was getting hit in the head with that hose though he no, kept I didn't see that. <laughs> like he get, as he was hitting the door the 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 nozzle from the, the fire extinguisher kept hitting him in the back of the head and you could tell he kept like flinching and it kept hitting him really hard um that sounds like the kind of thing that would happen in this stupid ass movie we cut to uh loomis running into dr win and he's like dr win what are you doing you can't do this and he's like 
because you were the first one to see it and you recognized its power michael evil pure uncorrupted ancient you devoted your whole life to destroying it well i embraced it studied it you are a madman we're at the dawn of a new age sam and i'm asking you to join me i thought Michael was a monster, but you. And then they knock Loomis out, of course, because if you're not part of us, you know, fuck it, you're getting knocked out. Now, here's the question. What does impure evil look like? They keep really hot. This is pure evil. What's what's what if I want? I don't know. Milk evil. Barry Sims. That's like the kind of (laughs) (laughs) Barry Sims. All the evil, none of the calories. (laughs) Paul Rudd has opened the door, grabs Kara. Michael Myers grabs her through a, like a, a prison gate and pulls her hair back. When she's screaming, she sells the hell out of that point. That was yeah. awesome. Paul Rudd shoots him in the chest with a grenade launcher. Oh, yeah, that was cool. It doesn't hurt him at all. Like a, it was like a, like a, a riot, like yeah. smoke grenade type thing. Knocks Michael Myers back. They run off. Now... We cut to Dr. Wynn showing up at an operating room where I had subtitles on. You can actually see what all those people were whispering. And they're like, oh, his DNA splicing research has never had a better breakthrough than right now. We can finally make this happen. It's going to, you know, we're ready. Basically referring to the fact that they're going to splice the Myers Sam Hain baby into Danny the Shining Kid. And they're going to make like the perfect little evil monster or whatever. They were too, they were so busy asking if they could. They, they didn't stop to think that they should. Oh, uh, my man. Boom. Bam. At this point, this is their plan. Dr. Wynn puts on his red, bright blood red scrubs and operating gown. Cause that's why, you know, he's the head evil guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they all go in there. Paul Rudd and Kara run up to this room. They see the baby, they see her kid and she almost runs in and Paul Rudd's like, no, not yet. If they see us, we're fucked. Mm-hmm. At this point, though, Michael Myers finds a medical hatchet <laughs> yeah, in every, the hallway. Every hospital has a machete. And then runs and walks into this um, this operating room where they're about to splice the baby and the kid. And then he hacks up everybody, all yeah. the adults. He just like, and this is like typical 90s, like flashy, you know. Oh, this is nothing typical about it. This is like a rave. <laughs> yes. Ridiculous. And he kills all the adults. If you knew Michael Myers was a loose cannon like this. Yeah. You knew that he, like, you couldn't control this evil. Why wouldn't you isolate, contain, or do anything to make sure he couldn't fuck up your super important procedure to have the counter Michael Myers? Gary, if you don't know, there's a 0% chance that the rest of us... Michael Myers is the Arnold Schwarzenegger T-800, and then this new one is going to be the T-1000. Even the screenwriters don't know. All... 27 of them speaking of which when they actually put the voice man in part five they had no idea his backstory or what he was supposed to be and they had to write it into this movie to fix it evidently because uh, they didn't geez. they said we'll figure it out later that's how much thought they put into some of this but anyway paul rudd goes in rescues danny and the baby steven along with kara they run out of a room they end up in this giant round circular like fetus room is what i called it i think it's the failed experiments they've tried before okay i just wrote dead baby room yeah (laughs) it's clearly like fetuses and containers and stuff like everything's green that's how you know it's toxic and then at this point michael myers walks in and paul red's like i've got a plan and he walks over with the baby 
or at least you think it's the baby. And he's like, here you go. You can have it. Cause he knows that the, the Michael Myers is there for the baby to kill off the lineage. Yeah. And again, I thought he had to kill off the lineage because that was part of his duties as the thorn baby to protect everyone else. But I guess that's not the case. Anyway, Michael Myers hears a baby cry off to the distance, realizes that it's not actually a baby that Paul Rudd has. Paul Rudd stabs him in the neck with what looks like reanimator serum. Yeah, and I wrote, Michael. My- the next scene is Michael Myers is like, fuck your needles, because he just takes him out and throws him aside. Oh, yeah, no, he That's has no problem with completely him. Completely unaffic- uh, ineffectual. Chases Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd goes and gets knocked against the wall. At this point, Michael Myers is definitely, like, groggy. He's all yeah. jacked up because of whatever got injected in him. Kara comes Kara, out. Kara, there's a fucking answer. Eats the fucking shit out of him with, with a, a pipe. pipe. And I b- find Michael she Myers hits the pipe. is Michael. Yo. <laughs> Michael Myers is Michael Myers. He could take the beating, but that mask is industrial quality. Cause it is just, I mean, she hits him in the head like 70 times. Uh, and unlike everything else where there's a weird rave scene, we watch her just beat him. Uh, oh, they show it like there's like 40 hits almost. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and then of course she, he's like, all right, I've had enough of this. Uh, and he takes the pipe and just starts choking her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Danny has had the baby and they're hiding in between some pipes that it doesn't matter. Uh, and then he's in, like, be- in between like waste containers. Yeah. It's like ridiculous. Nothing like this would ever exist <laughs> in real life. And he's like, leave my mom alone. And Michael Myers is like, huh? Oh shit, it's the baby. I'd rather have the baby than kill this woman who clearly just beat me with a pipe. So he stops choking her, goes over to get yeah. the baby, which he can't reach. He's like got his arm he, built he through. He can't fit through the like uh little crack that right. Danny's hidden in. And with Danny's the baby. like, I made a mistake. Cause he's like, <laughs> Mom, help me. And I was like, dude, she's dead. She's ba- uh, but oh, Paul Rudd to the rescue. He has an oversized comic <laughs> syringe and jams it in the back of uh Michael Myers' neck, puts some more reanimator serum in him. Um then he starts beating him with the pipe. Did you guys notice Michael Myers has green blood? Yeah, that was weird. I, I thought was like, it was when the did fluid. that happen? I thought it was like because of the green that was injected. But I also wrote that he was Paul Dunn with Michael Myers. Because <laughs> he beats him well past the point of any reason. But of course it doesn't work. But I do like that he walks away and then is like, you know what, actually, I want to beat him up a bit more. And he, he turns a double take, yeah. comes back, it's a few more solid hits. The mask is covered in green blood, yeah. which I was like, I guess he's got green blood now. Um, Still undamaged, though. Well, yeah, the mask is fine, but it's covered in blood. Yes. And then at, point, at this point, he goes outside. They meet Loomis. Loomis gets Kara and the baby on an elevator. They go outside. And then Paul Rudd, the family, the new family, right. is like, we're going to go. Come with us. And Loomis says, I have unfinished business here. Which apparently was to get murdered. Because the next thing we hear, we cuts back to this uh, fetus room. Michael is gone. And in the distance. The mask is there, though. Like, yes. Michael Myers took off his mask and left it. No, he would have put it back on if he stood up. Right. Makes no sense. But it's it's he, also not covered in blood either. It, maybe it's a backup mask. <laughs> he's got he's whew, in the jumpsuit. He's got extra hey, mask. You guys know what reptiles do, right? They shed their skin. <laughs> oh. So that's the shedding of the bad mask. He's got a fresh, clean mask. Mark cracked I would, the I would code. Love he molted Shatner masks. <laughs> that's what happens. Shatner masks and jumpsuits. That's just what but yes they cut back and that's when you hear loomis scream in the distance in the distance you don't actually see it and the thing is i think they did that because like he was dead and they didn't have any more but definitely there was more scenes with loomis that they just Mm. didn't put in there well thank god and then we cut to the end like the credits thank god thank god the movie is finally over i was like we've resolved nothing nothing i'm glad it's over yeah and i'm glad this has been wiped away with 2018 (sighs) to clean this fucking mess up what a movie
I mean, what do you do with a franchise when you get to movie six? You uh, know, you got not you, this. Yeah, I don't know what, but then you go to space. Then oh. you go to hell, and then you uh, create a cult. Well, I let's mean, see. What did what did the other, so what did everyone else do? Freddy ended supposedly. Jason, what was six? Was well, six? Freddy turned into a cartoon. Yeah, and bounced around and got killed by his kids. Kids. Terrible. Uh, Jason six. I don't even was that. Jason which, six is the one where Tommy Jarvis electrocutes his body in a cemetery and he comes back oh, to life. That was the best one. If you're Jason, if you're the Friday <laughs> the uh, the Thirteenth franchise, you're rejuvenated. Yeah, but they still got to go run it into the ground. We yeah. still got to uh, go to hell and then go to space and then. Don't you talk bad whatever. about space? <laughs> uh, I man, this movie. I hated it. Well, okay, let me rephrase it. I was super bored while I was watching it, and now that I've just talked about it for an hour and 40 minutes, uh, I hate it, and I will never watch it ever again, except for when I watch a producer's cut later today. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing, though, is like, so I actually like this Thorn cult aspect, but the problem is it doesn't make sense with the way they've cut it. Also, there's so many loose fucking plot points. So the thing is, is if Laurie Strode and this thing is supposed to be related to Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. So she's adopted by the Strodes. Yes. But then that means once you kill Jamie Lee Curtis, you're done. Which didn't he do Because if you two? kill Jamie and the baby. So the thing is, he doesn't, Michael Myers doesn't have to kill any of the Strode family other than Jamie, Stephen, the newborn baby, and Lori. Yeah. That's it. You're finished. But he hates the Strodes. Hates him. Hates it's the drink. Like, and he's got to like, just go to, t- it's like, I don't understand how the Strodes have anything to do with this other than the fact they're in his house. But the thing is, is like, that's fine, but he chases them around town as if like, well, I got to get them too now. Yeah, well, I think what we can which all agree on to hold on, I got so much more to talk about. Oh, <laughs> which please goes no. To, <laughs> which goes to the whole thing is if he is actually supposed to be part of this pagan thorn thing where he's been like, you know, possessed and he's supposed to kill the family for the betterment of the tribe, then he's technically got to do this. But then once he's done with that, he should be done. Just let him yes do his thing. What you're forgetting is. Nobody made any thought or put any thought into this movie at all, and it makes no sense. Also, how does Tommy know about this cult? It's gibberish. Oh, also, the point when Tommy's talking about the the runes to uh, Kara. You're screaming at a, a universe that's written in crayon. You're like, why don't you make fucking sense? <laughs> so, like, he's also talking about the the. He's like, oh, and every like randomly every like something years this constellation appears in the sky i refuse to believe that astronomers had not noticed a random constellation that appeared on halloween night that looked just like this rune that disappears stars don't disappear like this no in fact that was so stupid i for i as he was saying it i was forgetting it i was like i don't want to know this it disappears permanently Uh. you know and so but that's another thing and it's just like, oh my God, what is the fucking point of this? It drove me nuts so much because like there's a good story here that could have been developed and they did nothing. Yes. Nothing to figure it out. But the producer's version is actually much less gory. They actually made the kills less gory. gory. Yes, they made the kills gorier for this because they thought it. So the original script was supposed to be like super freaky and psychological about this cult and like really scary. There's barely any gore in this and movie. The, and the people who, like the, the guy who read it, greenlit it. Like just off the psychological creepy yeah. one. Then they turned it into this. And they made the kills gorier. Although the thing is, notice there was not a lot of kills on screen in this movie. No, I don't know how they could have made them gore. I, was less, this PG-13? 
No, it couldn't be their boobs. boobs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was like. Breasts. Sorry. No. <laughs> is boobs an offensive term? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but. Uh, We're getting someone writing in. Yeah. Well, there was barely any gore in this movie, so I'm glad they made it gorier, because <laughs> if they made it less, any less gorier, and it's barely a horror movie. Well, evidently, there's a lot more, there's a lot more plot with um, Loomis and the producers mm-hmm. one to kind of touch on the whole cult thing more. Now, at the end of the biggest difference is the end, the climax. So instead of injecting him with the fluid and beating him with a pipe, in the producer's one, the original one, as he's supposed to inject him with the fluid, he falls on the floor, surrounds him with these rocks and candles, like rune-type things, and then calls out his name, Sam Hain, which I guess takes away Michael Myers' power. And so he basically gets rid of Michael Myers by calling out his true pure evil form name by knowing the pagan ritual aspect of it. I don't see how adding more plot would help clean this <laughs> up. What they need to do is squeeze some of this plot out yeah, and cut refine plot. it. Now I don't but want to watch the producers. I thought I'm, it'd be more of a traditional slasher. I don't I don't necessarily hate the ending you just described. It makes more sense with that whole cult aspect yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. But again, all this is so convoluted. If you just go in like I did when I watched it and I just kind of was like, all right, let's see what this is. And I got to the end of it and I was like, okay, that was fine. I don't see why that's the worst one. But like you said, as soon as we start talking about it and you try to make sense of it all, it all completely falls (laughs) apart and it becomes an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then the thing is, if you look at the original one, I love the fact that he's just evil. Like in part two, they introduced the Sam Hain aspect of it. Like people were like, ooh, I don't know about this. I don't like that. And the thing is, and it went from there and it's like, I don't think you need any of that. I think him just being like, I have to kill this family because this is what my mission is. Okay, I get that aspect of it. But we don't need the cult. I mean, I love the cult storyline. I love the concept of it, but it doesn't work in this franchise for me. It's not needed. We don't need to explain the way the evil. He's just evil. And that's I, all that ne- matters yeah. and all you need. I don't need my slashes to have a backstory. It's never helped, ever. Give me paper thin. Okay, he raped children and they burned him down. Good enough for me. Drown in the lake hates people. Cool. Like, it's pure evil. Good. I'm going to change your mind, John. I'm going to write a horror movie that's <laughs> all backstory. All right? It's basically just the backstory of this character who we meet in the last 10 minutes and then something happens and you're like, wow, that was an amazing backstory. Okay, I wish you luck on yeah. your crusade. I would not recommend this movie at all. Um, Same. Stick with one, and then 2018, watch Halloween Season of the Witch, because it has nothing to do with Michael Myers anyway, and it has our fan favorite, Tom Atkins. Mm-hmm. Right? I like Halloween, too. I think you should watch Halloween, too. I've seen Halloween, too. It's fine. I think it's good. There we go. Oh, I'm exhausted. I can't talk about this movie anymore. Don't watch and it. And another thing about this. <laughs> uh, you can make your own point five if you need <laughs> <Yeah>. to continue. <laughs> the continuation. <laughs> All right. Well, if we don't have anything else to say. Why are you looking at me? Because we have a lot to say. I just want to make sure you got out everything you need. This has been Garrett Talks About Halloween <laughs> 6 for an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> Longer than that, I think. Yeah. Um, okay, listeners, have you seen Curse of Michael Myers, as I call it, Michael Six? Let us know on our social media. We have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. You can also find all of our content at thegravetalk.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.